Hi, welcome to Straight Stuff on Addictions. This is Rick Atwater. Thanks for joining us tonight, um, where we are every Sunday night at 10 o'clock, or at least we have been for the, fat, the past five weeks, um, and we might be for a few more if you guys keep listening. Um, if you want to call in and you have any questions for us, uh, the call-in number is 323-792-2977. You can also call and listen on your phone. Just follow the prompts. Um, you can listen to us live. Um, or you can listen to us later by going to Blog Talk Radio and going to Straight Stuff on Addictions and checking the archives. And there's a couple of other shows you might be interested in. I want to thank our sponsors tonight, PME Drug Testing Devices, Hugabun Adult Diapers, and don't forget to eat at our favorite establishment, Ready Ass Ribs. Um, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Chris Atwater, our uh, engineer and the guy who's running this and knows the technical stuff that I don't and also Brendan O for the introduction music and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Brendan maybe we'll bring Brendan in in a week or two and let him talk a little bit about his band and where he's gonna be playing our show tonight is called booze pills and other ills our guest is Brandon a and Nick P Nick is, uh, well, how should I say, a recovering rapper, yeah. if there is such a thing. Ironic. Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to talk to Brandon a little while first, and then we'll bring Nick in to uh, give us a number. So um, I think with that, I'd like to introduce Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi. Nice to be here. And Brandon. Thank you for coming, Brandon. And um let me let me just start by asking you this. Um, maybe you could start us off by telling us a little bit about how you how you got to the place where you needed to recover. What what brought you? Well, um, I was uh, um, having uh, seen a lot of psychiatrists. Uh, started off with uh, uh, prescription pain medicine or not prescription pain, excuse me, antidepressants, mm -hmm. and um, and uh, actually had a uh, stint in a mental hospital. Mm. And then I had uh, some altercations within a month of each other of the Chris Lake Police and the mm. Mundelein Police and was introduced into the court systems. Mm. And uh, through them and a therapist, they uh, suggested that I actually, they told me that I needed to go to AA. Mm. Um so I went to my first AA meeting in uh, in 2005. And um, let me ask you, what's an sure. altercation? Well, my altercation was uh, for me um, towards the end of my drinking, and uh, what I would do is when I would get drunk, um, I would get really angry, hmm. and uh, I would really just—you can swear—I just make an ass out of myself and be a real jerk, hmm. and. Um, like say stuff, you know. I would be obnoxious, try to talk to everybody, try to be everybody's friend, and and uh, and basically what it what it boiled down to was that uh, people didn't want me around, and they mm. would make it very clear, and that would make me more angry. Mm. And then so then it would instead of people telling me to not to be around, then the bartender would tell me to leave, and then the police would come, and then yeah, I didn't listen to the police, and yeah, I get then you. you start fighting with the police, right? So yeah, 
the operational definition of an altercation. <laughs> right, 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 right. And uh, I get so, it. So yeah, so uh, I came in in uh, in 2005, and um, you know I was uh, talking to uh, to 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 Barry about this, and, and this is something I firmly believe in a little bit to you about it before uh, we started. Is that um, you know I wasn't ready to surrender, mm-hmm. and I think when I'm not ready to surrender, I still have uh, a few tricks in my bag hmm. that I'm going to, that, that threadbare bag that you keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper into that to try to, you know, manage um, your alcoholism or your disease. Did you, I mean, did you know that? Uh, well, uh, the thing is, is I grew up in a, in a family that um, from my very earliest memory, I knew what alcohol was because there was a lot of drinking and drug use in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the kid in uh, AA meetings when, you know, my mom was in recovery mm-hmm. and she would, uh, you know, go to a meeting and she didn't have anybody to babysit. So I'd be sitting on the side, you know, so I knew what alcoholism was from oh. a very early age. Okay. So I kind of knew what it was about. Um, I knew, I think, from from a from an early age, from when I started drinking, that I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I lied to my, I tried to lie to myself and, and tell myself I wasn't, but deep down I really knew I was. Hmm. And uh, um, so when I came to AA, I kind of knew it was the right place for me to be, um, but I wasn't really ready to give up. I still kept trying to to do things my own way. And and the thing is, is I would kind of lie to myself and and say that well. You know, I am following directions. I am doing this, or you know, I know what's best, and 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 all this stuff happens at a very subconscious level, I think. Yeah. And um, you know, I think I said it just a little while ago. I think, I think, I think. Yeah. That, that's a. You were doing a lot of thinking. I was doing a lot of thinking, and yeah. I wasn't really doing much else, and I yeah, was getting into trouble. Surrender doesn't have really much to do with thinking, does it? You know, surrender is uh, no. It's. I think surrender is. Uh, is a. It's a beautiful thing. It's uh, when I get to a point of uh, frustration and uh, and despair that uh, I finally admit that you know I can't do anything, and then you just break down and you just ask for help. Yeah, and and you got to get there. So from '05. Work. Right, '05. I went and uh, still had a, a really good job with a, with a major utility company. Um, went out, uh, and th- during this time, I was relapsing probably every three months. Um, and uh, so, I decided it would be a good idea for me to uh, to buy a house. And yeah, that makes sense to me. Why work on recovery? <laughs> Buy a house. That'll be fine, you know. Then I'll be okay. Anything, anything but recovery. Anything right. but recovery. And um, you know, because these are things that I I thought that would always make me happy if I just had them. Yeah. And this is another something that I had in that bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what happened for me is I I bought the house and it was furnished and I had a car in the driveway and it was full of gas and. And there I was alone by myself in a house, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's that's been a big thing for me with with my disease is isolation because that's where, you know, I, I firmly believe that that's what my disease wants for me. It wants me to be alone and drunk. Mm-hmm. That's what that's why I believe that's what alcoholism wants for me. Yeah. And uh, so I was in that situation, 
I uh, went out and um, started drinking, going on a binge, and that culminated in me uh, drinking at work one day, which I had never done before, and uh, ended up uh, rolling my my phone company vehicle Mm. three times, really bad car accident, helicopter flight, the whole nine yards, and... um, I mean, yeah, I was wrecked. I, I broke my neck and uh, uh, paralyzed my right arm. And uh, and and it's funny because I don't remember because I, I was in a blackout. And, and I talked to... Uh, I think that's when I first met you. That's when you first that, met yeah. me. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I don't really appreciate the severity of it until I'm in a, in a doctor's office and I tell people what happened in my injuries. Right. And people who know look at me and their eyes bulge out and they're like, wow, you are so lucky to be here. Mm-hmm. Because um, I believe we called you Halo Boy. Yeah, I had the <laughs> neck brace and the arm sling and, and all that. And, and the thing about it is that was my first DUI. And I got two more DUIs after that in less than a year. Yeah. And um, yeah. so that brought me to... Uh, to a to a month in county jail, a month in rehab, and then I went to uh, to a halfway house out in Harvard, and um, this kind of pick up on on the pill thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened is that uh, I uh, I also have uh, bipolar mm-hmm. disease mm-hmm. or disorder or whatever you want to call it, and uh, so I was seeing a psychiatrist, and uh, he said, "Well, I think you have ADHD. I want you to start taking Adderall." Mm-hmm. And I was really into cocaine mm. as, you know, that was one of my things. And um, so I took the Adderall and uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know, and uh, kind of a similar uh, family. You know what? It was it was just it was just like cocaine, except for it was very smooth and relaxed. It was more like a like a extended release cocaine, you know, <laughs> It was just, uh, it was just really, it was just really. Now, see, silly me, I thought that people with ADHD would, it would, would have the, exi- would have the opposite. Right, effect. that's that's what they're going for. That's what they're right. going for. And for me, um, and I was. Wouldn't that mean that you didn't have ADHD? You know, I don't know, but here's the. I guess not. I guess, I guess I want my money back. That was a bad diagnosis. That okay, well, I'm diagnosis. thinking, but well, we're not, I'm right, not a right, doctor, so right, we're not right, going right, there. Right, right. But. But that started out, um, I think, if uh, if anything, that um, I wasn't really um, vigilant about my disease and the medicines that I was taking. Yeah. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons with doctors and doing doing that and like you just said we're not doctors and people in recovery most of them are doctors and if you know they're not your doctor you probably shouldn't be listening to them mm-hmm. um but uh but so it's easy to make them it's easy to make a mistake and it's easy if you're not really surrendered right and it feels good to keep doing it I guess, right you know yeah and uh so you know this this has kind of been a recurring theme with with the with the pills because um with the with the with the pills because you know when you take a drink of alcohol if you're an alcoholic that hey that's a relapse i right. screwed up i need to start over right when you have a, a prescription in front of you 
and you take it and it says on the side as needed. Wow, that's a lot of wiggle room for this alcoholic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear you. Because then yeah. you know, then you can start yeah. convincing yourself. And the truth is that some, you know, I mean, I guess some people can manage that, and right. and that that's okay. Probably, right. probably not an addicted person who's taking the drug to which they have right. a, a, an addiction. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, um, and there are there are many different people that I've talked to who have had uh, um, surgeries or physical problems and, uh, you know, they deal with it. Um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, Back in 2010 uh, or 2009, I had my gallbladder go out. I had some sobriety um, and my gallbladder went out and so I was in the hospital. And... um, I think, you know, one of the one of the main uh uh things to think about or or that that needs to be factored in is when you're taking this medication and what you're doing is where you are spiritually, where is your spiritual fitness? Because hmm. I believe if somebody is spiritually fit and they're open and honest about what's going on with them, they can be treated medically effectively. Mm-hmm. But in those situations for myself, I wasn't spiritually fit and I was looking for an excuse to feel better, and I was justifying that while well, they're a prescription, while well, my doctor gave it to me. Right. Because with my accident right now, I could make a doctor's appointment next week and go in and have a prescription for Vicodin, and I guarantee it, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know that's the thing. Um, I uh, I went to uh, to the surgery or to have my gallbladder taken out. They're like, "What's your pain level, Mister Anderson?" Oh my God, it's a ten. You know, I'm dying here. Throw me some Dilaudid, please. Sure. You know, I wasn't drinking. Yeah, and you knew to do that. You know what? I I didn't know it in the fact that I know it now, but it's exactly what I was doing back then. Okay. It's exactly what I was doing back then. And that's what you mean when you're talking about the vigilance part and the fitness part. Right. Yeah, I wasn't spiritually fit. And if you're not spiritually fit, I mean... How am I supposed to know if you're, you know, if you're in denial or whatever you want to call it, but you just don't, you just don't see those things. Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, so that started off, um, uh, a relapse and then I moved down to Bloomington for school and, uh, was leaving a situation that I wasn't really happy with and just was kind of running, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. again, not spiritually fit, got down there, drank right away. I drank for about uh for about uh how long did I drink for? Just a couple weeks. But see the thing going back to the pills, the thing is for me alcohol is my drug of choice. And alcohol makes my life so unmanageable so fast that it's kind of like you just know not to mess with it. It's like the big dude in the corner mm-hmm. with the mean look on his face. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what? The 500-pound gorilla. You yeah. know what? I'm just going to let him handle his business over here, and I'm going to do my thing. You right. know? Right. And, uh, I'm going to mess with the 250-pound gorilla. <laughs> right. And, and then, right. so that's what I did. Right. That's what I did. I right. uh, I was living with a girl, and she had um, some medical issues, and... She had some uh, non-narcotic pain medicine that I took that wasn't even that great, I should say. But right. um, 
if I found if you took a lot of it, you could uh, you could catch something enough to ring the bell. Enough to do something. Let me let me just uh, let's stop here for a minute, um, and let me just uh, say a couple of things, and sure. then and then maybe what we'll do is we'll have. We'll, we'll, I'm going to introduce Nick and have Nick do a little bit, and then we'll come back and sure, talk to you a little sure. bit more, if that's okay. Sure. And, and I just want to say that part of the reason that I wanted to talk about it, I'm glad we're talking about this, is that I've seen a lot of people come in to programs and get well, get sober, and then have the, have medical issues or legitimate issues right. originally, but then for one reason or another, just like you, slip off the edge of legitimate into abuse sure and then the lucky ones we see again but a lot of them unfortunately mm-hmm. uh disappear and right. so that's why i thought it was important to talk about this tonight and get sure. you know make a public you know make it a little little bit public because it's a touchy subject you know people are protective about their medication and a lot of people take their medication legitimately mm-hmm. yeah, so absolutely. you know i don't want to step on the fact that there are people who need medication medications and take it legitimately but there's also the the other you know we're on a slippery slope and i guess that's the point we're right. making here it's it's dangerous right. you know yeah so okay so we're going to come back um you know to you in just a minute but i want to introduce uh nick p nick p good to see you glad you're here um just give us a just a quick how did you how did you get here what was your what was your thing nick and what well, I got in this program because I did drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, more so because I love drugs. Yeah. It's not just because I did them. It's because I did them to such an excess that yeah. I needed someone to stop me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it wasn't by my will, like, in the beginning. You know, it was just the fact that I messed up. I got sent to treatment. I been I went to many treatment centers from when I was 14 to 15. Yeah. And every time I got out of treatment, my using would progress. You know, I started with pills and whatever. The first time I was in treatment, it was for Xanax mm-hmm. and just, like, just pills and stuff. Mm-hmm. After that, I started doing heroin, and I was I was still young. And I got away with it for a while, and then... uh my good friend of mine, who we did drugs together all the time, that was our thing, he overdosed, and uh, he nearly died. Mm. He survived, though. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. But, you know, I was so obsessed with the heroin. I remember we were at a parking lot, and that's when they pulled him out of the car. I was with another guy, and he got everyone's attention to call an ambulance. I pulled him out of the car. I just left him there in the parking lot. And I grabbed the dope, and I went to the bathroom just to crack it open and get high because I knew I was going down, and I knew mm. I would be screwed. So I was like, you know what? I got to get this. So I was more obsessed with heroin than anything else. Yeah, so the dope was, was more important than the, than your, your friend's life at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big statement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So you st- when did you start rapping? Well, I've been doing it for a while when I was younger, we was just freestyle, you know, it was mm-hmm. just, it was just fun and games. At, when I went to treatment, though, you know, like, my friends told me, like, you should, like, you should do something, yeah. you'll be like Biggie. And I was like, yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what you I have, did. Hey, do you know what I forgot to ask you? Do you have, like, a name? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm Robo Pitts. Robo Pitts, I yeah. like it. I like it. Okay. So that's my name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to go? Can we do? Can we do? Yeah, let me plug okay. it in. Okay. All right. Give us what you got, Mr. Robo Pitts. It's just got to, it's going to switch on the bottom, I think, an on-off switch. I don't know, maybe it's just automatically on the front, check it out, or maybe you do it. I can't do it. A little downtime on the air, never hurt, you know, we're on. There you go. We're pretty laid back, so. All right, try now. Try to do it. The little blue light will come on. No? No blue light. Okay, you know what we're going to do? It might need a, it might need a battery. I can do it with, I mean. That's okay. We can, there's a battery right in here, and we'll talk a little bit. All right. Battery right in this drawer right here. And we'll, we'll just, we'll just keep talking a little bit about it. Okay. We'll just talk about some, you know. So, we're, so back to Brandon for a minute until we get this squared away. Um, You, so we were talking about the, you know, we, we talked a little bit about how you got into the Adderall business. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about the, uh, the business with, was it the gallbladder or uh no this was uh the gallbladder happened and then yeah. i moved down to bloomington okay and uh basically where i was at then is i knew that alcoholism or alcohol would not work for me so i tried to find something else that would okay and um and here's the thing is that it didn't have to be a prescription it could have been i could have switched to, to heroin or to wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. That was just what was available to me. And you were taking something. You said you moved in with the girl, and you were taking something that right, wasn't I was, even it was it was uh, narcotic tramadol, mm-hmm. and it's a non-narcotic pain medicine. And I was just taking a lot of them, sure. and it was just taking the edge off a little bit. And um, I believe tramadol is an opiate-like drug. Yeah, yeah. That's what they that's what they call it. So right, and, and at the time. My higher power was the Secretary of State of Illinois. <laughs> because yeah, uh, they were watching you. Well, they had my driver's license and I wanted it back. They right. still do have it. And I'm, right. that's not up to me right now. I'm just let, I let that go, which has been very helpful. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I was lying. I was going to meetings, talking to people, giving leads. Because I knew that I had to, quote, unquote, maintain my sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't spiritually fit, and you know I was just doing what I needed to do to get by. I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, um, let me say I, also okay. while while, you're, while we're talking about this, you know that that's how how something that's that says non narcotic on the label mm-hmm. can be. Well, let me ask you sure. how. How does that work? You know, I think people misunderstand. If it says non-narcotic, then how would that? How could that cause an addictions problem? You know what? It, it's uh, here's the thing: is uh, I, I don't think I was addicted to the chemicals in it. I was addicted to the feeling that it gave me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I get that. You know, because uh, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I stopped taking them, I when I finally decided to come clean about it, because I knew that if I was continued to abuse them, I wouldn't get any better. But, but the thing with that is, um, yeah, 
I mean, pretty much you're you're addicted to the feeling. Okay, so yeah, and that's what and that's what what's that's what rings the bell. That's what right. What 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 sets off the craving or whatever. Right. Would that be a term that we could use or? Well, um, you know, I it's funny because I'm thinking about a, a friend of mine who I lived in a house with in Bloomington, and uh, he is uh, the guy could almost be a pharmacist. <laughs> this guy's abused and done yeah. everything with anything. Yeah. I mean, he could probably get you high off birth control if he worked hard at it long <laughs> enough. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's not about the chemical. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you will, if you take enough opiates, I believe even a, even a non, a, an addict or a normie, it's going to get addicted, right? Physically addicted some way. But somebody who has an addiction, and and is taking something that isn't necessarily not isn't necessarily a narcotic, but does alter them in some way. Must have it must have altered you in some way. Yeah, it made it gave it me took, a buzz. It, you took enough of it, it gave you a buzz. Right now, hey, it looks like the technical problem is solved here with 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 Nick. Are, we got it. Good. Okay, so. Sorry to interrupt. No, we'll, that's okay. we'll come back and we'll continue that in just a minute. Hopefully, you'll remind me where we left off because I'm I... okay. Mm. We'll get it. Yo, Leron said I got, they be fresher than mints. The girl that you got, try me sexual hints. Leron said I spit, they be darker than tints. Got more cash in my pants than the leftover lint. You ain't, you ain't convinced and I ain't persuaded. Hardcore rhymes, times it's X-rated. Kids, they get faded. Cops, they get hated. Crits, they get raided. Kids, it's frustrated. American, embarrassing. The parents win, I'm on heroin. Try to breathe in. Oxygen, but it won't go in. Now my mouth foaming, I'm floating in mid air. Don't know how I got there. Rare for my friends to care, they just stand and stare and give me a glance. Felt so good, dick caught in the pants. Won't get another chance when they pulling the plug. So kids think twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pulling the plug. So kids think twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pulling the plug. So kids think twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pulling the plug. So kids think twice when you holding the drug. Started snorting morphine when I was 14. Steal anything and everything to be a 14. Dope bag. 
wrapped in aluminum. I was new to them, never losing them, glued to them. Friends were shooting them, getting strong on the powder. Taste so sour, numbing power. Last hour, three to four, have you begging for more? Fuck the galore, cause it's a goddamn chore. Allure to the baking soda odor. Try to sell drugs, but I ain't making quota. And if you front dope, then I probably owe oh, ya. Yeah. I smoke, started a smoker, die as a doper. Ain't getting old, the doom will come soon. Kids take heed to the words of my tune. Won't get another chance when they pull on the plug. So kids sing twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pull on the plug. So kids sing twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pawn the plug. So kids sing twice when they holding the drug. Yo, fuck what they say, Mary J, a gateway. Every night fight started with the melee. And every bright day, or fade to great. You want to get faded, you fade away. And it ain't okay to obsess about who sets the best. It won't digress. Disease progress unless you change it. You chasing the dream or making the cream. Hummus all day, if you know what I mean. I be keeping it clean. Kids on the drug scene. Remember one thing, won't get another chance when they pawn the plug. So kids sing twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pawn the plug. So kids sing twice when you holding the drug. Won't get another chance when they pawn the plug. So kids sing twice when you holding the drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was that was Robo Fit, and we'll do that again at the end of the show if we have a minute, and maybe we can work out the technical stuff in the meantime, and then we'll have some back. But that's okay. So um, back to Brandon. So um, so where would we leave off? We at? were talking about um, the uh, the non-narcotic aspect and the and the and the and the. Uh, characteristic of addiction, I guess, with different yeah. different chemicals, different drugs. Yeah. So you and and so you, we, and you were doing the tramadol, and that's that that rang the bell, and you were still you were going to meetings and trying to do the right thing. You know kinda. what? You know what? I, I was. Uh, you know, basically, I was just I was just uh, I was there just for my license. Yeah. Somewhat. You know, I knew that I knew that I didn't want to drink anymore because I was afraid of drinking, but. Uh, I also knew that uh, I wanted to get my license back, and uh, you know that was a really big deal for me. So um, yeah, I, I just so I just did you have your license at that time? Or? No, no, no. I lost my license. You, license, you lost it. So you that were doing, was my, my first. The first time I lost my license, you were doing the Secretary of State dance then, right at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And they caught me. And here's how here's how it happened is I. Uh, I went down and tried to to BS the Secretary of State, mm. and let's just say they they weren't interested in what I was selling, <laughs> and uh, so they and, and it's funny because with the Secretary of State usually it's it's about a a forty five day you'll get a notice back in forty five days. Mm-hmm. I got mine back in three weeks. <laughs> So they kind of had it. They yeah. kind of had it handled, and, right? And, and and the part that really got me the most is they don't say we caught you lying. It says contrary to petitioner's testimony. Right. And and that was that's exactly what I needed because right. I said you know what, my higher power evaporated there in front of me, my driver's license. Right. Because I kind of had a moment of clarity where you know yeah. it's not going to happen, yeah. Brandon. So you're going to be miserable, and you're going to keep going through and being miserable and playing this game and doing this dance. Yeah. 
and it's one you're not even very good at yeah. and you don't like. And so that's when I had a little surrender. Mm. I had a little surrender. And here's the thing about the, the surrender and, and the first, the spiritual fitness is, uh, you know, for me, I've had uh, a couple surrenders, mm-hmm. you know, which are very important. I think they're really vital. You know, they're, they're, they're the, the bedrock, I think, which, which everything is built on. And uh, the thing is, is it's great to have bedrock, but you still got to build something on top of that. Right. And so this will bring me to my last bout with pills. Okay. Um, I was. Uh, uh, and you're not drinking at, at all at this no, time. No, I haven't. No, I hadn't had a drink since since 2009. And uh, so basically, I had a, a surrender, which was which is a, it's a surrender is is amazing. It's a it's an immense form of relief and. Uh, but it has to be followed by action, and, and I wasn't taking all the action, and, and all of a sudden I found my bag of tricks, and it sounded like there was a couple more rattling at the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, those were pills. Those, those, <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that, because that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was, because mm-hmm. that's the thing is, and something, I'm going to go back to, I don't remember if, if, if you, uh, but I saw you a couple times in Crystal Lake when I was living out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout my sobriety, I would have, I would just, I couldn't handle not being well. Mm-hmm. I couldn't handle the feeling of uncomfortability, mm. you know. And I, I know that that's something that a lot of alcoholics and addicts uh, go through. And uh, I remember talking to you about it one day in your office over there on mm. uh, 14. And uh, you said to me, he says, Brandon, you can, you can go around it. You can go over it, or you can go through it, hmm. you know, and that's something that I wasn't willing to do at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and so what I did is I had that last bag in my trick where my arms started flaring up a little bit because, I, again, I had the bad uh, arm injury, and uh, you know what? I'm sober now, eight months. I can handle a prescription for Vicodin. It works. And, and the arm thing has been tedious. And here's the thing, and, and this probably shouldn't be glossed over. You're right. There are people with definite medical issues, and I was one of them. You know, fortunately, I've – and I think the best way for anybody with that problem to deal with it, first of all, you cannot give your doctor too much information about your situation. Impossible. Mm. Impossible. All of my doctors are fully aware that I'm a drug addict and alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They know my mental status, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have to know that. And uh, also, um, I believe that... Um, this is just my personal opinion. I believe that if you see a psychiatrist, um, they should know a little bit about the recovery program. Mm-hmm. They should know a little bit about, about what a drug addict and an alcoholic right. are. I, that's something I believe in. Um, but uh, So when the arm started hurting again. Right. So, so the arm started hurting again. And, um, you know, I was dealing with the pain somewhat. uh and I did want the pain to go away, 
And uh, deep in the back of my mind, I, I, I didn't think it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the, the uh, it won't get me this time, so here's how, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I did. I, yeah. I, I started taking, I got a prescription for Vicodin. My doctors at that time knew that I was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, but when you had that thought, um, I don't, maybe it won't, I, sure, sure. I probably shouldn't, but go ahead. But, um, I don't think it'll get me this time that you'd had that thought about other things prior to, you know, before. Right. I basically for me is I thought that I could handle it. And that's, and that's right. I mean, that the reason I bring that up is like, that's kind of like, that's the, the, the turning point. That's the critical, because when you're when you're fully surrendered, you don't. That's that's what you're talking about. That one little doesn't thing doesn't even left come into mind. Doesn't right. even come into mind. But when you're when you still got a little left in the in the well, in the bag, you know. And, and I guess yeah, yeah. That's gonna be. That's where. That's when it's gonna play with you. You know what? I think. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. I there think, was, in other words, there was a little bit more to go. You know, I think so, and, and I, I'll go back to. I mean, my thing is, is I feel that surrender is good, but if if the program of recovery was just about surrender, I think there'd be a lot more people sober. I think that surrender is vital, and it's a good starting point. But what happens is, if you go along, if or when I go along. And I don't keep doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing that are the suggestions of the program yeah. of recovery. Then all of a sudden, I open my bag and start putting stuff back in. Right. Space. So you can surrender, and then you can take your will back, and you take called. it back. So let me let me do this then. Let me just bring it up quickly sure. to kind of where you are today. Okay. You've, you've got you've got a little bit of time now. Yeah, You're, I've uh, I've been sober a little over 14 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Uh, uh, lived in uh, Bloomington for a while. Uh, lived in an Oxford house in Bloomington, mm-hmm. and uh, moved up to Chicago here to finish school. And uh, wanted to live in my own place, you know. And uh, my sponsor and some people in my support network said, you know what, that's probably not a good idea. Well, we want you to live in a halfway house or mm-hmm. a sober house, right? Which is where I live now. And uh, you know, I'm ready to transition out of there. And uh, so I am in school. I'm coming up on uh, getting my bachelor's degree in political science, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a politician, and I'm not going to be a lawyer <laughs> for anybody who's wanting to know. And uh, uh, so that's going to happen in December. Actually, um, I'm kind of disappointed, but we'll have to go with whatever you decide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I could um, make some crack about I think you'd make a good politician, but, you know, let's not even go there. But. Right, 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 right. Um so, so yeah, I mean, basically where I'm at today, that's that's the the superficial stuff. Yeah, you know, that's just the whatever. Where I'm at today is um, my sobriety. I think is is very very strong because I maintain some willingness. Yeah, and I really really, you know, God couldn't would if you were sought. I really am. Uh, I believe a very uh, um, diligent about my seeking, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
Is your how's how's your arm? Is your arm working? You still you still have pain? You know what? That's that's a good that's a good uh a good question because after my last relapse with the Vicodin, I went to my doctor and I said, "You know what? I cannot take anything narcotic at all. I mm-hmm. just can't do it." And finally they pulled out this one drug that I'd never even heard of before. It's called Topamax. Mm-hmm. And uh take one two a day and uh 800 milligram ibuprofen if I need it and it's been amazing. I wish I would have found it so long ago. And you know, the, and we have, we got, a, we got, we workable. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I think we'll need to do it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, can, can we? Yeah. All right. So let me just wrap it up sure, by saying sure. thanks. You're welcome. And glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you're back on the back on the trip here and doing the deal. Uh, and I'm really, it's really good to see you. I appreciate your information. And we want to close off with the next little piece by. Robo Pit. Now she's gone, says she too busy And now I'm alone and I'm feeling too shitty Wonder if she missed me, man, maybe not Ask me the same question I say a lot on the spot Feeling like I'm defeated Wonder if she cheated with some guy she meted I'm unneeded and it's got me vexed Breaking up with my ex through a fucking text I tried my best, but it wasn't enough. I'm here to tell all y'all breaking up is tough. And you could call my bluff. I called her my angle. From this angle, love is painful. I'm unstable. Dealing with this, I miss the lips, hold the hips, get a kiss, grab a tits, then I miss the touch very much, and I'm hurt, need a crutch, keep a hush, on the low, nobody gotta know that I didn't take it slow, and that's my fault, we were two young kids trying to act adult, and the result was a halt and a tightness. Look in my iris, I'm trying to fight this You were my highness, I called you my princess Yeah, I was playing dress, but I impressed <laughs> Cause I'm a full-blown soldier Riding white knuckles on lights, roller coaster I'm picking up the phone just to ask her for some closure But she won't even answer, just over And it won't happen again so I'm emptying emotions through the ink in my pen Trying to spend all my time busy But everything I see is the memory of you and me And I hope eventually I can put it in my past But for now it's in my heart so I'ma put it in my rats And all the cool cats saying money over bitches But I wanna cry every time Searching through the scriptures 
trying to find strength. Don't want to hear thoughts, so I keep the feet cranked. And my songs rank, top of the chart. But it don't mean nothing with a broken heart. And we was cursed from the start. I guess I didn't know it was just an opportunity for you and me to grow. And that's why I'm still believing. Even you leaving happened for a good reason. In a state of grieving, it's depression, stressing and obsessing. Trying to see the lesson that God was trying to show me. Took my shoulder, he made me lonely. And now I'm mostly ghosty in a world where no one knows me. So I want to thank, uh, want to thank Nick, Nick P. Nick Pitts. You can find me on Facebook, <laughs> and we'll be looking. <laughs> and Brandon, thank you for coming. Thanks for joining us. Thank I'll e- email out the link for next week's show as soon as I have it. Meanwhile, uh, you know, live today, love yourself, love your neighbor, and we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, and uh, give us your feedback and ideas, and see you at the same time next week. We off?